This episode of Art of the Kickstart is sponsored by BackerKit. BackerKit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. Plus, if you want to create and send surveys, offer add-ons and pledge upgrades, or begin accepting pre-orders, BackerKit makes it simple. Over 2,000 projects and 4 million backers have used BackerKit, including many of the projects featured on Art of the Kickstart. Ready to try BackerKit? Visit BackerKit.com and sign up today. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined by Mike Philby with The Butcher Box. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Roy. All right. So you guys crowdfunded a subscription-based grass-fed beef delivery system last fall of 2015 overfunded your goal hundreds of percent, raised over 200K. Tell our audience uh, what, what the product's all about and why you guys used crowdfunding. Yeah. So ButcherBox ships 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, and pork in the mail. Uh, all the products are free of antibiotics and hormones, shipped right to your door nationally. Uh, we used Kickstarter because we wanted to not give away a bunch of equity, and then also kind of test the market to see if there was in fact demand for a service like this. And we quickly found out that there was. So since then, it's just been it's been great. So we've actually crowdfunded a, a subscription-based service before uh, in the food delivery, and it didn't even come close to you guys. So what was some of the the secret sauce outside of the uh, the meat that led to your overall campaign success? Yeah, I think. Uh, a lot of it was the pre-selling that we did. So one tool that was really useful for us was scraping our contacts on LinkedIn. So there's this free service, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but basically LinkedIn can give you a CSV of like all your LinkedIn contacts and their email address. So then me and my co-founder, whose name is also Mike, which gets terribly confusing, uh, segmented each of, the, each of our exports based on people who we're super close with, who also happen to be kind of wealthy. And then everybody else. And then we had like these email series go out 30 days before we launched, trying to, you know, telling people that we're going to be launching a campaign on Kickstarter for ButcherBox and asking if they'll, you know, basically put their name down to select one of the rewards. And then we followed up with all those folks, you know, like a week before our Kickstarter launched and then the day we launched. So that's why we were, I think, 200% funded like 30 hours in. So we raised like over 50K within 30 hours, I believe by doing that, that pre-sell. And that also ended up getting us featured as a, a project we love, which, you know, as you know, has a lot of benefits. So that was, that was really the, where it started. And then also just focusing a lot on the design. So we made sure to get, you know, really high quality video done, as well as a lot of, 
you know, sexy images and probably spent two weeks writing and refining the copy uh, on the page. My mom was the most valuable editor there. So good to have moms on board. So let's, sure let's jump back a little bit further and, and talk about where this all started. What, what's the backstory between you and Mike and Mike getting together and kicking this thing off? Yeah. So winding it back pretty far. I was working on a company a couple years ago called Canary, where we helped people sell a house full of furniture and other stuff, kind of like uh, Craigslist on steroids. And Mike was advising me at the time, and he was working at a he was a CEO of a company called Custom Made, uh, which is like the largest website for anything custom. And he'd been working on this idea for grassroots beef shipped in the mail for a few months. And uh, he knew that I wasn't super thrilled with where Canary was going, and he wasn't thrilled with where Custom-Made was going. So after a couple months of discussion, we ultimately decided to to try it out. And that started with Kickstarter. We were both super excited about it. We didn't know how to run a campaign, but quickly found out that it was a lot of work. But yeah, it was one of the, the best decisions I've made was to to do this. Indeed. So give our audience an idea of why you chose Kickstarter over Indiegogo. It just seemed like there was a bigger audience on Kickstarter. And that's what, you know, the, the couple of experts we talked to recommended. Midway into our Kickstarter campaign, we actually launched on Indiegogo, but we didn't really promote the Indiegogo page whatsoever. And they told us that they'd be helping us out with a lot of promotion, you know, internally on their side of things, but we didn't really see it translate into many sales. And maybe that was just because we you know, weren't directing a lot of traffic there. We were directing it to our Kickstarter page because it was already, you know, had a lot of momentum. But yeah, basically just Kickstarter seemed to have a, a larger audience and we wanted to be on the platform that had the largest audience. Indeed. So you mentioned, you know, running the campaign. Obviously, you guys uh, got your, your teeth cut on running your first campaign. What was the <laughs> biggest challenge that you encountered when getting ready to launch the campaign? Biggest challenge? That's a good question. I think it was just like making time. We didn't anticipate how much work it was going to be. And we were working with a firm similar to yours. And that was extremely helpful. But without them, I don't think we we could have done it because once we got in the weeds, we were working into the wee hours of the morning and basically just like maintaining our our sanity and and staying focused was, was probably the biggest challenge because it turned out to be a lot more work than we anticipated. So that's why I'm really excited about the work you guys do, because I think most people underestimate how much goes into running a campaign, especially one that's you know wildly successful. And if they want to take it seriously, I think they need outside help. Indeed. And that's why we interview entrepreneurs like you, Mike, to help you know educate the audience on you know the, the amount of work that actually goes into not only launching a campaign, but making sure that it's overly successful. Definitely. So when you guys were determining what what to offer in terms of, you know, rewards or meat, you know, how did you guys go about, you know, setting the price or the packaging requirements? And this since this is a little bit of a unique shipment, uh, how did you guys go build about that process in terms of distributing meat across the United States? Yeah. So regarding pricing, my partner actually, so my partner Mike was the one who was involved in the the pricing research, but what he told me was that he just stood outside Whole Foods and talked to people about what they'd be willing to pay for a service that sent them seven to 10 pounds of grass-fed beef a month. And <laughs> it came out to like 130 bucks 
So 129 is where we started at. And then on Kickstarter, we had like an early bird 119 reward, which quickly went. So it was not a very scientific approach to pricing, but it seems to have worked really well. And then regarding the uh, distribution side of things, in the earliest stages, we brought on this guy named Roy, uh, or sorry, <laughs> Ron, who was running operations for Omaha Steaks for 25 years. So he helped us make all the connections to get set up with a pick, pack, and ship center. We work with one in Wisconsin-Madison and all of our meat ships out of that center. And he also just introduced us to a lot of folks in the meat space and gave us the credibility that we needed for this fulfillment center to say yes to taking on our business. But in the meat industry, it's, it's really who you know. So working with, uh, with Ron over at uh, Omaha Steaks was, was very helpful. He was, he was looking for something to do. He was a little bored. <laughs> Got to get him back on the saddle again, huh? Exactly. Nice. Nice. So uh, with all of the marketing efforts that you guys put forth on the Kickstarter campaign, what gave you guys the biggest ROI? That's a good question. I mean, I, I honestly think it was getting selected as a project we love. I was looking at the stats before this call, and that was responsible for, let's see, 14% of our sales. So again, projects we love, if I imagine most of you guys who are listening know what that is, but basically Kickstarter chooses projects that are you know, trending in an upwards direction quickly. And then decides to feature them, you know, whether it's on the homepage or feature them within whatever, you know, category page. So for us, food. And then they also put you in this like 48 hours left newsletter, as well as like some other newsletters. So that brought in $30,000 for us. And like, we didn't really have to do any work for that. We basically hit the ground running and, and, you know, two axed our, our goal within, within two days. And they selected us as a project we love. And, that was that was hugely valuable, and then we all we also leveraged that just to get more press because it was like a, a credibility badge. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that was the biggest thing, and you know that kind of started with all the pre-selling we did, so that we could blow our goal out of the water right out of the gate and get Kickstarter's attention. Yeah, getting a blessing from the Kickstarter gods is certainly a nice thing for the projects we love, but you know it goes even further than that in terms of what you mentioned you know there's a lot of things on the creativity side of the project itself as well as the overall design and the campaign itself you know to get that blessing so definitely well earned there um Thank the, you. yeah no for sure one of the unique things about your campaign was also the fact that you guys started shipping within a month of the campaign closing as you know many companies you know aren't able to ship for potentially more than a year and I know you guys didn't actually have to manufacture an actual project like most campaigns do, but what else did you guys do ahead of time to ensure that you'd be able to ship so quickly? We really didn't do anything. We had Ron, this dude from Omaha Steaks, make sure that it all went smoothly. So, you know, we, we paid him a, a small sum, a little bigger than small, and he ensured that all the product was going to be ready in time. Uh, we were continuously updating him on, you know, how many orders were coming in and what we were going to need so that, yeah, we were able to ship on time. But when it comes to, when it comes to meat and it comes to shipping on time, just in general, I think it pays to, you know, work with people who really know their shit. And Ron has been doing this for 25 years. So for us to be able to only focus on signing up a bunch of customers and not worry as much about the fulfillment was extremely valuable. And I think largely the reason why we had uh, such a great campaign. So go hire Ron if you need to ship meat. Yeah, that's the lesson. I'm sure that's very applicable for you. There we go. And our audience, of course. Yeah, exactly. 
So now that your campaign's been over for, you know, a year plus, what have you guys been up to since the campaign closed? How have you guys continued to grow your business exponentially? It's been a combination of three things. So the first is paid ads that we've been doing on Facebook and Google. We're getting a, a good cost per acquisition there. And it looks like there's a large pool that we can continue to collect customers from. Uh, and of course, you can be you know, so targeted on, on Facebook. And then the second thing is working with a lot of these influencers. So a lot of people in the paleo world, the food world, the wellness world, who have really large email lists or big social followings and a lot of credibility in the space. And they've been able to share ButcherBox with their fans and sign up a lot of customers. And then the third thing is our internal email list. So we are laser focused on collecting as many email addresses as possible in an ethical way. So we have, you know, an, an exit intent pop up email capture. So if you're on a website and it notices that you're trying to leave, you'll get hit with a email pop up and that gets us a lot of emails. And then when you go through our checkout flow, you do have to put in your email address. So that's that's a big source for us to get these email addresses, and, and we really convert them well, and very few people unsubscribe. So it's really those three things, paid ads, influencer marketing, and our internal email newsletter. Yeah, and you guys have just been killing it online lately. So what's what's next for you guys? Where are you headed next? So we want to be more than beef, chicken, and pork. We want to be like your entire protein solution. So for us, that means moving into different kinds of meats, such as like lamb, as well as fish. So we're looking at introducing wild-caught Alaskan salmon. We haven't announced that yet, but that, that's, that's in the works. And I know that a lot of our customers are very excited for that. So we're really just trying to grow the company as quickly as possible and stay laser-focused on what's worked. And yeah, it's, every, every month is more fun than the last, so I'm happy. Yeah, you got to have fun doing it, right, Mike? Definitely. So what advice would you give to someone else looking to kickstart, let's say, their food-based product or subscription service? What one piece of advice would you give to them? On the food-based side, I think it's really important that your page is very polished and that you paint yourself as a credible figure because people are putting this product in their mouth. It's not a toy that they're playing with. So you need to establish yourself as someone trustworthy for them to buy your product and ultimately you know, feed it to their family or, or feed it to themselves. So that's why we largely invested in design and brand and showing our team members and our background to show that we're the real deal, you can trust us. And then on the subscription side, on Kickstarter, you can't, or at least you couldn't when we were running our campaign, you can't like get people to opt into a recurring subscription. So what we had to do is uh, we got this kid named uh, Nikki Graham, fresh out, of, fresh out of college, to come in and call all the people who had backed us on Kickstarter after our campaign closed and try to get them to opt into a recurring ButcherBox membership. And we were able to get about 40% of people to commit to a monthly ButcherBox membership. So these people are paying on average $150 a month. So we were really happy with that. So just keep in mind that if you are launching a subscription service on Kickstarter, you are going to need to do follow-up and you can probably hire you know, some kid out of college and pay him 15 bucks an hour and just hammer the phones, of course, being polite. But that certainly worked really well for us and that's how we got our initial membership base. Awesome. 
So this gets us into our launch round, Mike, where I'm going to rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? I'm ready. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I think that everyone in this world is very different. And uh, the idea that all of us can be happy working at like a large corporation doesn't doesn't really vibe with me. So I felt like Kickstarter was a great vehicle to celebrate everyone's individuality and also not have to deal with, you know, a lot of investors and um, just maintaining the control. So if you could have a stake with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, wow. Great question. Besides you, I would say... I think I think Tim Ferriss would be interesting just because he's built such a a strong personal brand and he has so much authority and he's in the influencer space. I'd just be curious how how he did it. So yeah, I guess Tim Ferriss. So what would be your first question for Tim? Do you want to be a ButcherBox affiliate? <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, any business books or life books that you'd recommend to our audience? Totally. So the book that we largely use as our marketing Bible is called Traction. And it's not the one that I know you like, Roy. It's, um, it's Traction by Justin Mayers and I believe it's Gabriel Weinberg. And it, basically, it goes over the 19 different traction channels that you can acquire customers through, as well as the system called Bullseye, which basically means that you do a bunch of tests in different acquisition channels in hopes of finding one channel that gives you a positive return on investment. And then assuming there's a significant size pool there to pull from, you just continue drilling into that one acquisition channel until it dries out. It's really easy for entrepreneurs to chase shiny things. And I think a lot of our success has been attributed to our focus. And this book drills down into the bullseye theory, as well as the 19 traction channels in a very accessible way for anyone to digest. And then Another book that I love, oh, um, Unbroken is really good. It's the one that they made into a movie. It's about this bombardier in World War II whose plane goes down and he's in a Japanese uh, POW camp for years. And it's just an amazing story of resilience. And as an entrepreneur, it's, it's great to hear those stories because anytime I'm, I'm complaining or whining, I just think of Louis from the book and it makes me shut up and, and do my job. So I think as an entrepreneur, it's good to kind of read those, those books outside of, you know, marketing and entrepreneurship, but, you know, history and yeah, just those, those, those monumental miracles that happen all the time that you can read about for inspiration. Awesome. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's going to be huge. It already is getting huge. I think more and more people are going to start launching as, you know, the science behind it is unveiled, which I know is largely the value, you know, in working with someone like yourself is, you know, there certainly is a science to being successful on Kickstarter. And I think most people don't realize that. And they think that they can just launch a product and, and succeed on every front from design and copy and, you know, brand and marketing, fulfillment, retention. The plan after that, you know, manufacturing, I think it's very unrealistic. And a lot of entrepreneurs are unrealistic, especially maybe makers. So yeah, I think people need to, you know, more so understand that there is a science to this. And I, I mean, I, I just think it's the most, most amazing thing. There also seems to be 
this you know unique point in time with Kickstarter, wherein there's more people who want to back awesome projects than there are awesome projects. So if you have an awesome project, the marketplace is is in your is in your favor. So yeah, if you got something, go launch it. Use Kickstarter. Sound advice, Mike. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go get themselves a butcher box. Oh, wow. Cool. So butcherbox.com is where you should go. And uh, if you want $20 off, you can use the code KICKSTART, one word. You can cancel anytime. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't lead with that. Um, most, most people do love our products. Our churn rates, so the customers that we lose on a monthly basis, uh, is ridiculously low, which I think more than anything speaks to the, the quality of the product that we send out and then also just the, the ease of use. And yeah, you, know, don't, you don't need to go to the grocery store and park and you know, deal with stuff being out of the stock or confusing labels like all natural and you know, what the hell does this mean? You can just get the best meat delivered to your door every month on whatever date you order. And yeah, if anyone has any questions about ButcherBox, they can, they can email me, Mike Philby, which is spelled F as in Frank, I-L-B as in boy, E-Y. So that's Mike Philby at ButcherBox.com. I'd be happy to talk to you about our experience with crowdfunding and then any questions on ButcherBox. Um, and yeah, check out Check out Roy's service if you're in the market of running a serious campaign. I wish I knew of him when we launched. Well, we're, we're, we're good friends now, Mike. So, um, you know, thank you again for being on the show. Audience, thank you, of course, for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, a full transcript, links to everything we talked about today, as well as the coupon code that Mike was so nice to give to our audience. And again, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Mike, thanks again for being a guest. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.